Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. You can listen early and ad-free if you subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and join the 103 other super ranters who subscribed at patreon.com slash sunranto. There are perks at every level. Please join today and become a super ranter and support Cubs podcasting. Here's the show. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old self years out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sonrento. With Michael. Sonrento. And Crawley. Sonrento and the lovable loser. Sonrento. With Michael. Sonrento. And Crawley. Sonrento and the lovable losers. Sonrento. Man, you sounded like a motorcycle revving up, Michael. I did. I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. My name is Danny Rocket. We have... Creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and creepy crawlies living in a tree. And of course we have... And me... I'm the only one with a good song. I know, you have like this cool song and stuff. I know. At least I sped it up to make him sound like a chipmunk. But, yeah, but uh, I'm I'm glad you said that because it, it just fucking dawned on me. I can get high after this show because I haven't been drinking and it's really driving me. I'm like, I've got weed around here somewhere. I'm not sure where. I'll find it. I it's mean, in the house. I, I, I was at your house this summer, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, I, I shed it some, uh, you know, just straight off of my body. Um, so welcome to Sun Ranto show. Um it's really it's it's weird. There's like, there's no Cubs news. There's some Cubs news. There's lots of MLB news, but it's not really news. So anyway, we have a lot of things to talk about, but they're all pretty inconsequential. Um, so we're gonna. But I first I wanted to say uh, thanks to all our Patreon patrons for making the show happen. You should subscribe if you don't already at Patreon.com/slash Sunranto. And I wanted to say this: uh, the last episode audio wise was a little wonky. I downloaded it from StreamYard, where we're streaming the show right now. It came in a little wonky. People told me it, it, it was wonky. Nothing I could do about it. Sorry about that. Hopefully, this week it will work. Um, and uh, also, yeah. we're, I know we said we we're doing Thursdays, and today is Wednesday, but it, it worked better to do Wednesday. <laughs> Richard Bum Band's rehearsing tomorrow, and next week is Thanksgiving. So we're going to do Wednesday again, do like a Thanksgiving what we're thankful for show, I guess. I don't know. That's always the big party night anyway, right? That's like when the, uh, 
the college kids come home and they go and they get all fucked up. So like all of us olds, like we don't have to work the next day or do any of that shit. We just have to be functional enough to put a turkey in the oven. Yeah. And I, I don't even have to do that. I'm going to my mom's uh, apartment place and they, they, they're having dinner. So we're going to have it served to us. It's it's awesome. It's the best Thanksgiving I could imagine. Yeah. Like, so join us. Go to a restaurant. Yeah. So yeah, join us. Um, all right, let's let's get into some cub shit here. Uh, Jed Hoyer on Bernstein and Rahimi today, and uh, pretty much saying what he's been saying. Uh, I could read the quote here. Uh, he talked <laughs> about the Braves. He said, "We just saw sort of the value of getting in the tournament, meaning playoffs." I think Atlanta was widely thought to be the lowest odds, probably the worst odds of any team in the National League that made the playoffs. Blah blah blah. Then they won the World Series. I think the goal is to get in, and I think that's the goal every single year. I think we have to try to build a team that can be competitive and can do that. And listen, the NL Central, they're not winning any beauty contests right now. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have a lot going on. The Brewers just lost Manny Pena. Not that that's the hugest deal in the world, but he was their catcher. Um, but, uh, you know, the the Cubs, they haven't done too much. You got the Miley. I mean, is is this him lowering our expectations? He goes on to lower them further. But, I mean, do, do you feel like – all the news coming out of the front office is to lower our expectations of any of these, that any of these free agents, especially the qualifying offer ones are not going to be in a Cubs uniform next year. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and not only that, it's part of the, the whole let's expand the playoffs. You know, it's, it's that narrative as well. It's like, Oh, you see the value of just getting in the, in the tournament and all this stuff. And I have to disagree, motherfucker. Like, yeah, Atlanta won their division. I would say that the Cardinals and and what was the other uh, wild card team? Uh, the Do the Giants, the, Gi- oh, no, the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Oh, the I mean. Dodgers. Yeah. right. Dodgers were super high. I would. I don't know. I I at no point thought the Cardinals had a chance in hell of. Winning the World Series. I don't know. What about you, Crowley? Do you think that do you take what he said for real, or did Atlanta was were the Cardinals really better than Atlanta here? Going, you know, uh, he kept bringing up the term tournament, which I don't know why he wouldn't just say playoffs, but uh... <laughs> because they're they're trying to make the fucking they're trying to make October Madness happen with thirty two teams in the fucking thing. I mean, th- this has been, I mean, uh, Jed and Theo previously were, were consistent on this is get in the playoffs and roll the dice. Everything you can pretty, for the most part, have a general understanding of how good a team is, you know, throughout the year. But then it is true. Once you get to the playoffs, you toss out the record. Uh, all of a sudden, the Cardinals got really hot and you did worry about that Cardinal devil magic coming in where, where new, whatever his name is, Newt Nunbar, all of a sudden hits a grand slam or something to win the goddamn World Series. Um, so it, it's – you got it. here's the thing. If you're not in it, you have no chance. Once If you're yeah. in it, you may have a chance, and that's about as simple as you can – Well, that's it, 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 the argument for expanding it to, you know, four more teams or whatever so that, you know, losing okay. record teams can get into the final right. well, we, tournament. And we Corey talked Furlong about how that's in. going to uh, how that would how that would hurt the regular season. 
Right. Yeah, and, and it would because it makes the winning the division worth less. Uh, Corey Furlong writes in, let's shoot a bit higher there, Jed. And he's not. I mean, because he said, now the honest question is, are we at a place like the Dodgers might be right now where I think they're fine-tuning a World Series roster? And he says, no, we're probably not there yet. Now, the Dodgers, they go out, they lose Trevor Bauer because he's a freaking asshole, and then they just go and get Max Scherzer and on top of it, Trey Turner, who ends up like winning the batting championship. Yeah, you know the, I mean? like the Dodgers are fine tuning a World Series every team. year. Every year for the last fucking seven years, they've been fine tuning a World Series team. And then he did the smart spending thing. I've said this quite a bit. We have the resources to spend. We certainly will spend, but we want to do it in the most intelligent fashion uh, possible. Free agency presents itself with a lot of opportunity to bring in talent, but also prevents to, to pre, uh, it also brings tremendous risk when you're talking about really long deals and players on the wrong side of the aging curve. That sounds like they're not doing a Correa, they're not doing a Seager, they're not even doing a Javi or a, unless they can bring Rizzo in on like a two-year deal or something. I feel like they're not doing anything. They're not going to pick up any of these big names. Nobody with uh, with a war above two. You know what I mean? Like it's it it just feels like they're he's like lowering our expectations with this spend intelligently thing. It's like kids, we're getting a Volvo. You know what I mean? We're not getting a <laughs> we're not getting a Corvette, kids. We're getting a we're getting a minivan. And know? we've 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 said this for a long time, and we compared it to buying generic cereal and stuff like that. This was never going to be a team that was going to be uh, getting the big players, and and you know that that's how many times have you heard the Cubs name brought up? That was like I said again, not talking about beat writers nationally, as far as their names being thrown in for anybody. You, you you heard a little noise around Correa and Seager, but it, it, I, I mean, never just, heard the Cubs. No, no, who, Cubs, not not beat writers necessarily, but you heard a little noise like Brett Taylor was writing stuff, and Evan then w- w- was writing stuff over at Cubs Insider, just like why? Oh, the Cubs are there's where there's smoke, there might be fire, blah blah blah. Those kind of now these could all just be clickbaity articles so that they can right. make. Some money, which I think is what it is, but you don't hear any serious things. But then again, do you hear any serious things from anybody? Like I've oh, been hearing that- a lot of serious things. I've I, here's one right here: John Heyman, Yankees and Dodgers are both playing for star shortstop Seager for the big free agent. This tandem of marquee teams is like the holy grail. But you, I, I, there was a, a, a mystery team or something too. No, there was no there. mystery team. No, I I heard there was a mystery team. I mean, no, somebody somebody said it would be. Brett said it would be fun, more fun if there was a mystery team. Oh, okay, all right. Instead of the two big teams, but the point being is, I see a lot of people associated with the. I've heard the Blue Jays kicked around, the Mets always named get kicked around, but they never get anything. You hear about uh, all sorts of teams that are in on somebody. I have not seen a major respected baseball writer. When you talk about Brett or you talk about Evan or even the guys, just uh, the beat writers that we have, whether it's Gordo or, uh, you know, Patrick or Sahadev, whoever. Yeah. They, they're going to write stuff because yes, they don't just sit there and they have to produce stuff, but there's nobody that's really like hey, yeah, Cubs looking real good at Kyle Seeger, Cubs looking at Correa. All we had was, I remember what you're talking about. It was Correa said he loves Wrigley. Like it was just generic. There was nothing tying him Nothing, no smoke, and and it and it wasn't even like after the season or anything like that. It was just like a random weekend where he was able to get an interview, and then you know, like three weeks later, he had a story about it. Like it wasn't up to date. It wasn't. It wasn't like all of a sudden, Correa is like, I really want to go here. 
Well, the thing is, they've got a shit ton of money to spend. They've got to spend it on somebody. You know, I, I thought it was funny. Uh, Doug Glanville tweeted out uh, just the other day. This is pretty funny. He, he tweeted, I'm a little concerned about the Cubs infield depth chart here. Are they cloning? And it's second base, <laughs> second base Sergio Alcantara. Third base, Sergio Alcantara. Shortstop, Sergio Alcantara. It's like they do, they'd have to get somebody. So why not? What, what, there's like five elite shortstops out well, there. I, I'm, they I'm have saying sign con- one. You know what I'm I mean? saying like, congratulations, Sergio Alcantara. He's going to make three paychecks this year. <laughs> you know, here's what people aren't realizing here is that what the Cubs did is they got their core together, Dio and Jed did, they got core, and then they made the big free agent signing, which was John Lester. They had a very deep history with John Lester, and they had a lot of history with Joe Madden when they signed him, too. Uh, they, they were interviewing him for the Boston job that they eventually gave to Terry Francona. But there was a lot of history, okay? So now you, you have Jed, and you're, a, let's say, a free agent. Even if you were, you're one of those guys going for a prove-it deal, do you want to do a prove-it deal with a team that really has aspirations to make the postseason, legitimate aspirations? Because this is your contract. If you're on a, one of those one-year prove-it deals, that's what it really is. It's one year to do something. So if nobody's on base for you, if you have a team that's always losing, how great is that going to look? Imagine, You know what I mean? But also, if you have a team that has one player at three positions, you're going to get to play every day. I mean, if you want that prove-it deal, you play on a shitty team because you might actually look better because the rest of the team blows. And if you can actually put something together, you can just do it for yourself on a shit team versus going to the Dodgers where you're going to be outshone everywhere else. You might even play at AAA. Like, you know, you might be just like AAA depth so you can get to the major league. The the Cubs are a perfect spot for for prove-it guys, I think. You got the Dodgers and you got the Angels who are stock full of talent. But there are other teams. <laughs> and, they're, are, and they're on the opposite ends of that winning spectrum, which is amazing. And you have the Astros. I'm sorry, the Astros and the Dodgers. And that are oh, just Astros. absolutely okay. full of talent. But think about it. You could go to Atlanta. Atlanta just signed a bunch of guys for basically a proven half year. Uh, you have uh, teams like the Blue Jays that could be going for it that could still need some very valuable parts. So, it, again, yeah, if you're on a team that's completely loaded, yeah, it's a lot tougher. But there are other teams, even Milwaukee. You know, Corbin Burns wins the uh, Cy Young Award tonight. Okay, you you got to imagine that they're going to try to make another run at it this year again, and they need hitting more than anything. So why wouldn't you go to Milwaukee, say, no, over the I, Cubs I, if you had to choose? If you, have, if you have the option, right, if you have the option to be the starting whatever position for the Brewers – versus the starting position for the Cubs, then, of course, yes, you take the Brewers because they're more set up to to go into the playoffs. But if you don't have that Brewers deal going there or the Brewers have somebody in your spot and they're like, we'll let we'll bring you in. You'll be our you know, you'll be playing off the bench or you'll be platooning with somebody. Then you're going to take the Cubs job because you want to fucking play every day if you're trying to prove it. Well, that's Jock Peterson last year. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And then he goes on and, you know, wears his pearls to the World Series, you know, and it's just like gets and gets idiots asking him, uh, hey, Jock, uh, what's that pearl necklace all about? Yeah. (laughs) And And he's got to lie to him. 
Well, and I saw, uh, I don't know who put it in into this brand is uh, Chris Taylor. Yeah, so that's, that is when we start talking about, because the only Cubs to talk about are ex-Cubs. Yeah. And uh, in that, so that, that I put that in there to compare him against Chris well, Bryant because that was the name thrown in versus Chris Bryant. Right. Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, Chris Taylor is a, you know, is, is a fine, fine ball player. Uh, but, it, you know, I could see them doing somebody like him. You know, if they were, you know, he's not going to cost as much as all those other guys is, you know, basically what I'm saying. Like all the big name shortstops, he's not, he's not going to cost as much as them. He's, he's already 30 and, you know, he had a, I mean, he's a good player, you know, 110 OPS plus last year, stuff like that. But I could totally see them like going for somebody like that, you know, just be like, Hey, we're trying, we're putting something together for the future, but we're not going to get like the big, big number guy. I mean, that's good. He's going to cost you money, but he's also a versatile player. He plays in the infield, plays in the outfield, you know? So anyway, but let's move on uh, to a little bit more Cubs news. Uh, and um, uh, I, the Cubs got a new assistant, Hitting or uh, pitching coach, um, and um, his name is uh, Daniel Moskus. And uh, the, here's the press release: Cubs name Daniel Moskus, team's assistant pitching coach, which they didn't have before. I basically, basically is going to be a new Borzello. Um, Moskus, 35, joins the organization. So young, uh, he's, oh, it, you know, he's a, he's as uh, he's almost the age, same age as all the Cubs rookies. Uh, joins the organization following two seasons as a minor league pitching coach in the Yankees farm system, including last season with double a Somerset, in which he helped the Patriots to a 338 ERA team ERA 1.16 whip, not too shabby and a 212 opponent batting average, all lowest among double a clubs. So nice work, Daniel Moskus. And, yeah, uh, you know, and, and since he's the same age as all the Cubs rookies, there's a good chance he gets in there, right? Like he becomes, you know, uh, a, a late season addition throwing uh, out of the bullpen. Yeah, it, it. I mean, why not? He's younger than he's younger than a lot of pitchers in the major <laughs> right. leagues, and he's and he's a coach. But he's a drive line guy. Uh, he's a lefty. He played for the Pirates. He actually got signed minor league deal by the Cubs at some point, and. Um, he, you know, won a couple of awards. Anyway, he's he's got a lot of different experience. He takes over, you know, and he seems really excited about everything. Um, he's, he said, I fell in love with the Cubs' philosophy on development and kind of the holistic approach to pitching or onto development. It's about knowing the biomechanics side of things, the pitch package side of things, the strength side of things, and the throwing program. So, you know, he likes what the Cubs are doing in the pitch lab and um, – I don't know. You got any opinions here on this guy? It's just new. Just no, new. I I just love the name. We texted about it earlier that, you know, we can now call the bullpen the Mosketeers. You know, we can have all sorts of fun with, you know, C-U-B-B-I-E-M-O-S-K-O. Mosketeers. I, I believe we'll sing, we'll sing to him. I believe that the <laughs> Cubs are feeling good about their pitching development staff you know it's it's just the whole hitting thing is really what they're concerned about right now yeah and they got all, all new pitch and they got all new hitting coach i mean we've seen a lot of churn which you expect with the new general manager and you know it's only you know you got kind of a a new 
even though he'll be entering his third season with David Ross, you know, kind of a new manager. There's like a whole new scene. Borzello gone. He's long time uh, coach with the team was in a lot of uh, all the regimes. It feels like they're really doing the churn right now, which makes me think that they will also not be in the process of competing next year because they're still in the process of getting their shit together. You know, it, it, it even getting their program. <laughs> But they've been in the process of getting their shit together for the last six or seven years. Um, I was, you know, listening to Cubs talk, and they were they brought this up about the hitting coaches. If you add in the assistant hitting coaches, they've had like twelve hitting coaches uh, since um, Hoyer or uh, since Theo came in, or something like that. Some some crazy number, like yeah. twelve different fucking coaches coming through there and I don't know I guess it's not the coaches it's, it's it's obviously not the hitting coaches because that's none of it has helped them yeah I mean I, it, it all the churn makes me think that there's something wrong at the top you know what I mean that it's like if, if you've got this constant every year you got new guys now maybe they finally hit on it and they get it but it feels college of coaches to me <laughs> you know like you just got too many voices coming at these guys over and over and over again, maybe this guy will work. But you know, I mean, what letting Borzy go was a little bit of a shock. But if you know, because you really don't have too much. Well, now you got even nobody on the team that knows each other. You know, everybody's new. Except well, for, I mean, I think, I think, I think the Borzello thing. I'm very. I was confused about it, but. You know, I wonder how much that has to do with Ross wanting to kind of have some of his own guys on the staff. Uh, and you remember, this is something we talked about with Joe and all those guys that got fired after 2017. So I'm wondering how much like that, because Ross doesn't really have like, you know, a staff that was his that he picked out. You know what I mean? He, as a young coach, they, I mean, as a new coach, they basically handed him a staff. And I wonder if like this is kind of one of those moves. I know Lester Strode getting rid of him was one of his was one of Ross's moves, and it wouldn't surprise me if Borzello is another one. Yeah, uh, and you know Carter Hawkins wants to make a name for himself too and bring in new people. Dan Cantervince is somewhat new, uh, you know. So it's it's all just like, all right, well maybe this all works, but these guys are all pretty young. They don't have they have experience. But they're young. Thirty five is young to be a coach. Tommy Hadovy is a very young coach. You yeah, know. he he was only like thirty six or thirty seven when he first became a coach, like three or four years ago. Yeah, you know the the thing that you you kind of look at here when, when I'm kind of looking at all this stuff though is that the Cubs during the Theo era had a lot of brain drain. Do you know what I'm saying? Where everyone was looking at the Cubs as the team that were on top of it, in front of everything, and so a lot of guys, maybe guys that aren't in front of the camera like camera like Theo Theo and Jed, were getting jobs elsewhere. And when you lose the amount of talent that the Cubs have lost, and a lot of those guys have gone on to other better, uh, higher positions. Uh, John Baker, you know, friend of the show, John Baker, Baker, Eric Hinsky. You go down the list, there's a lot of guys that the Cubs had and other guys, like I said, that are not even more noticeable on the field that were in the front office that they lost to higher positions. There's one guy that went to Milwaukee, I forget, but I swear to God, once that guy went to Milwaukee, I swear he spilled all the beans on the – Cubs players and yeah, Milwaukee it the had their coach? number. Wasn't it? A, a, I, I'm, I'm, no, it was a front office guy. I can't remember who, but I swear to God, that's what happened. 
So, well, anyway, everybody's new. 2016 is <laughs> feels real is feeling further and further away as we get to it. So, uh, now we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor right now, uh, us and uh, our T-shirts, Sun Ranto Swag. Check it out. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirt guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a rancher long sleeve. Ride the skin bust at Tuna Town in a Dabbing Cubes fan shirt. Take gold one-eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire. Or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sunranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sunranto's Swag Store, you'll find vintage John Baker Day, designated hater and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sunranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. Sunranto.com slash swag. Guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunranto Swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunranto Swag is not responsible for your sex life. Sunranto Swag is for entertainment purposes only. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with the $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's what I call no-risk-all-gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. So, uh, good news, the uh, Giants are not going to sign Chris Bryant. So, that there's another free agent that the Cubs maybe could possibly bring back now we all know it's not gonna happen uh yeah but, apparently but, people are thinking that he might go to seattle of all places i really he, i don't he should everybody will ignore him there he'll do great um but the uh baggerly from the giants he came out and said and he said and to be honest i think that their evaluations of him chris uh and just my own evaluations of him were not super impressed uh, the guy is really good He's definitely a solidly above average major leaguer. His swing is very athletic. I don't know if it's a swing that's necessarily going to age as well as maybe some others that are out there. Defensively, I don't think he's a plus anywhere on the field. His versatility is huge and absolutely matches what they what they they value as an organization, but third base was rough. He made a lot of bad throws and in the outfield, you know, he didn't look really comfortable either in that in center or right. So it's I would say it's probably not super likely that he comes back. And Andrew is a beat writer for the Giants. So this is obviously Evan Altman wrote about this. We were texting about it. This is obviously some gamesmanship in order to pay Chris Bryant less to drive his price down, correct? I I don't know. You think because, they really feel this way about him? Um, so that's what I was looking at. I was like, oh, it seems somewhat surprising. But if you look at his numbers, and I, I brought him up here, 
when he went to San Francisco, his numbers all dropped. Not a ton, but a little bit. From 267 batting average to 262. Uh, 358 OBP to 344, 503 slugging to 444, uh, 861 OPS down to 788. You know, so that right there is good, but it's not superstar good. You know what I mean? Now, all of those, so he had all of those numbers going for him at Wrigley, and of course his career numbers look really good, but they were in that article. So I looked at uh, SF gate as well. Um, they talked about it. It's a, a you know, San Francisco website talking to Baggerly. And there was a thing out there talking about how they could get Chris Taylor from the Dodgers uh, for similar production, a similar player. Now that's where I'm like, okay, so what's Chris Taylor at? You know, well, his season was basically what Bryant did at uh, in San Francisco, you know, a little worse. 254 batting average, 344 uh, OBP, 438. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 438 slugging, a 782 OPS, right? His OPS plus was 110. KB's was 113. And they're looking at a guy like Chris Taylor who is – Let's face it, he's not a Chris Bryant. He's not a name. They could get him for a year and pay way less than they would Chris Bryant, you know? And then they get to have a guy they could maybe get before they start doing negotiations and stuff, and they don't have to wait. When he's like, okay, I could see that. Because you honestly, can, we've talked about it a long time. Chris Bryant is a superstar on paper, but we watch him all the time. He's not any of our favorite players, right? Like when we watch the eye test, everything that we see, he doesn't strike me as the superstar. And then you look at his numbers and you're like, that's surprising. The numbers look way better. I would say, I would say I like, I like Chris Bryant. He, He was one of my favorite players. Um, what, I think the, okay, Crowley, one of yes, he's one no, of he's yeah. one of the core. He's one of the guys. But, but if he's you remember when, like. when we talked about the three guys to potentially sign, I said we signed Chris Bryant. That was my decision that I made when it was uh, that, Bryant, is, that is Bryant Rizzo and Bias. And so I would say that there could be a lot of gamesmanship driving down the price. Also, they probably don't want him to end up with the Dodgers, who have Justin Turner leaving, so leaving a hole in third base potentially. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say that when you have a super, uh, a player of Chris Bryant's magnitude, it hasn't been Mike Trout-esque, and that's what we expected, and that's a fucking high bar that you're setting when everybody thinks he is Cubs Jesus. No offense to Cubs Jesus. Uh, but it, it is an extremely high bar that you're setting there, and when you do that, you kind of sometimes miss that he's a damn good player, kind of like the Aramis Ramirez situation where so many people for so long bitched about Ramirez. And then when it was all done, when it was all said and done, damn, that guy had a really great career as a Chicago Cub. So when I think about Chris Bryant, you look at what happened with Bryce Harper. He went to Phillies. Did he really look like a superstar to anybody with the Phillies for a couple of years? Well, not right away, but he had a really good year last year. And right. That, that, that's my point is that to me, 
Chris Bryant could have another one of those years. He definitely has it in him. Like, listen, Chris Bryant was like a seven-war player in 2016 or something like that. He was absolutely incredible. But since he got injured, it's all been downhill. He used to also only play third base for the most part, maybe a little left field when Madden would throw him out there. But now he's all over the place. He's playing first. He's playing right. He's playing center. Like this is a toy. This, they've, they've turned this guy into a Swiss army knife, which, you know, that everybody in San Francisco is saying is not looking that good. I agree. Like, you know, uh, John Pickus writes in KB hasn't been a plus defender since 16. Yeah, that's true. I don't think he was ever known as a defensive guy. Remember everybody kept saying that uh, he should move off third base because he was too tall. Yeah, he was too big for third base. He's too too tall to bend over. He can't get down there. It takes him too long. But, you know, it's like, you know, Chris Bryant is going to get paid this offseason by somebody. No doubt in my mind, because he is that valuable. I think this is 100% gamesmanship on the part of San Francisco, uh, and I don't think that that's going to work. Why would Chris Bryant then come back to your organization after you freaking badmouth them through through your press channels? You know, like, what does this guy have to do? Like, Cubs, we badmouth him. Cubs fans badmouth him. We badmouth his his dad. We bet you know he. Why would he come back to Chicago too? So Chris Bryant is like the most talented guy that goes around and gets shit on by everywhere he goes. That's why he's going to end up in Seattle because they're just going to be nice and nobody's going to notice that he's even up there. I forget they have a team sometimes. And Danny, oh, no. tell me one other player that would be considered the higher echelon player that be, that's asked to do everything he he's asked. Like that, without complaining, without being a problem, playing every goddamn position. He, he's a great. He is a great person. He's a wonderful person. He puts up numbers. There, the numbers are amazing. I would whenever have left I him look in- at the thing that I just showed you that graphic. I'm always like, "Good God, Chris Bryant's great." And then when I watch baseball games, I'm like, eh, "All right, I like Chris Bryant." He's solid. He's a solid player. Yes, he's, he's not solid. the superstar we wanted. But again, uh, I, I don't you, know what you guys don't. Would I want him back? I take him back. I, I honestly, here's why I wouldn't. And let me just say why I wouldn't is because I think that there's just so much baggage with it that it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? At, at this point, there's a time where you got to move on. And I think that we have now gotten to that point. If you would have told me we resigned him, that's what I wanted the Cubs to do was to resign Chris Bryant. But now after this and all the other bullshit, it, it's just like, you know what? I just don't it, think – I think that that's not something that can be really be fixed. And if it is, it's going to just cause way more problems. You saw what a fucking disaster the Jake Arrieta situation. Obviously different. Older guy, you know, injuries, et cetera. Yeah. But I just, I just think that at this point in time – it's best for both parties to kind of do something else. I would have loved to have the Cubs to have signed him to a long-term extension. Yeah. yeah. I wanted an extension as well. And what we have right now is Patrick Wisdom over there at third. And would I rather have Chris Bryant than Patrick Wisdom? 110%. I would, you know, I would dump Wisdom in a heartbeat for Chris Bryant. And I was like you, Carly, I was in favor of giving him the money. But for whatever reason, the teams aren't doing, they aren't giving him what he wants, apparently. They're a little nervous about all that. And I have seen some pretty low numbers for him. But They're I've seen, all, 
I've seen low numbers, numbers for so everybody. Low. Everybody. Baez, they were like uh, 80 million, three years, <laughs> or uh, four, four years. I'm like, what average? You know, but all these guys that want more. And, you know, it's, and we'll talk about it in a second. So I want to talk about like some of the negotiations that are getting going because some players are coming off the board. But, um, you know, it, it dawned on me today, and we kind of knew this. Like John Lester said that when he got traded from uh, Boston over to uh, Oakland that one year, that he never thought that he would play for anybody else but Boston. But what made him come to the Cubs and consider going to a different team was like, oh, I can do this. I'm playing on Oakland. That's fine. I want Oakland to win. You know, and something, and I think the mistake that the Cubs made by not locking up any of those core guys is that, like Crawley, you just said, once they're gone, they're gone. Too much baggage. You got traded. You had to go with through all those rumors. There's, you know, too much going on, and that goes for all the guys: Rizzo, Javi, you know, all of them. And did you so- guys? Uh, did you guys see the other day Rizzo's walk for cancer? The, the the charity walk that he was doing, all dressed in Yankees gear. Yeah, exactly. free agent, free agent, not on the team technically anymore. But what gear is he wearing? Yeah, he wants well, to be he, back he in also, New York. Yeah, but he also knows. You know, that's probably his best shot for money is the Yankees. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody that's willing to spend on first baseman, but you got to also, uh, Freddie Freeman goes unsigned. I mean, you'd think that maybe the Braves had some interest in bringing him back, but, you know, after just winning the World Series with him, for God's sakes, but, you know, it's, and, and everybody, and let's get into the, like the, this negotiations because I find it interesting because, because of the lockout that's impending on December 1st, only a couple weeks away, you really, the free agents have to think this either I sign by December 1st and figure out where I'm going to live next year, you know, or I got to wait to this possibly like everybody's predicting that's going to take all the way till February. Then there's going to be this shortened spring training and this frenzied signing period, you know, where everybody's going to find a new team that's a free agent in, in like two weeks so that they can go to spring training with the team. That's going to happen real fast after the CBA finally gets worked out if it gets worked out. So, uh, I mean, so it's kind of interesting and it, and it brought up some ideas about, you know, how like the NBA has like that, like free agent signing period, you know, they could do that at the winter meetings. You know, they could be part of the winter meetings every year, whereas everybody's got to sign within this finite two week period. Otherwise, you know, it, you know, maybe you have holdouts, maybe things, but mostly the rules apply this way. And then you, you know, have another, maybe right before the season, so the guys that didn't get picked up or something, you know, but wouldn't that be more exciting if there was just like a hot stove two week period, like the trade deadline or something? Wouldn't it be more exciting if teams would actually just, you know, pay players that make them shit tons of money and not fucking play these goddamn stupid games all the time? Because, you know, they're going to make $1.2 billion instead of $1.3 billion. Like, motherfucker, just pay these players. You know who you want. I've heard Gordon Whitmire say, you're the Chicago Cubs. Go You're a big him. market team. You got all the fucking money in the world. You know who you want. You, they know. They already know. Why are we fucking waiting for the CBA to find out what's going on? Because we might be able to save that 1.3 to 1.2 bullshit. Fucking get your players. Win some goddamn games. They're not getting any players. But but this is what I'm saying. They already know who they, they need. The CBA isn't going to change 
who they want. You know what I mean? They should just go get the fuck who they want, it just could. like the Dodgers. It do. could change, especially if you think like today, uh, Corey, brings, Corey Furlong brings up today was the final day for qualifying offers. The only one that took it was Brandon Belt. And, you know, what if the qualifying offer rule changes? Would that be, would, I don't know if that would apply to the current qualifying offer guys, but that would, no, there's no way in hell the union's going to let that apply to these guys. It'll, it'll go into effect next year. Maybe. Well, with the next CBA. With the next, yeah. Well, I'm saying like Nick Castellanos is tied to a qualifying offer, correct? Right. So, uh, you know, let's say the qualifying offer rule changes. You know, and now you go get Nick Castellanos now. I mean, would it apply? I don't know if it would apply retroactively. Uh, no, it doesn't I, go I'm retroactive, almost, no. No, it does th- not go retroactive. retroactive is backwards. We're talking forwards. And right. no, it, it would totally be, uh, you would have to start it in 2023 because the 2022 season, those rules, if you signed him, those, those rules are already in place for these teams, if you take that away from the teams in the middle of the off season, they're going to be pissed about that. They're they not going to let it. that happen. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. You, it is, in the future, you can't go back and say, we're going back to that rule for this. It's, it's going to be moving forward is everything that's going well, to happen. Either way, they are waiting. I, and I, I know that uh, our friend Michael Cerami wrote about it on Bleacher Nation saying that it is a position of strength to A, have a shit ton of money that you can spend and wait till you figure out what the next rules are going to be because it, it's true. Like you might want to play it a little bit differently as you retool, you know, you, you might want to play it a little bit differently. My point is they know who they want. If they want Carlos Correa, that doesn't change because the fucking rules change. Carlos Correa is still the guy that they want. Can they save a little bit of money or do a little something if they get him, uh, in March rather than in November? Possibly. But again, it doesn't change the players you want. And if you really want them, because those rules are going to change they for don't everybody. Want them. They don't want anybody. That's not what I'm, the, the, I, I'm I think, saying. They know who the fuck they want. If they don't want fucking Carlos Correa, fine. They want, they want fucking uh, Joe fucking Snuffy. Who gives a shit? That's not the point, Danny. The person's not the point. The point is they already know they the player they, want. they like. And if they like a player... They have the money to fucking get him now, regardless of anything the fucking rules ever do. They can get him. And they They, aren't doing it because they're going to fucking try and nickel and dime this bullshit as much as they can. And that's the issue that I read about today with the Yankees, and this was from Hank Steinbrenner talking, is that even Hank Steinbrenner was in agreement that the luxury tax has to be lowered. And so this is going to be the fight that you're going to see. And that's kind of the concern is, is yes, you can spend the money if you want. Absolutely. They even, there's nobody bigger than the Yankees when it comes to spending. That's why they put half these fucking rules in place is because of George Steinbrenner. No doubt that, that, that. But when you're talking about what the owners are looking at in their position, they want the luxury tax lower than what it already is. And so if you take, if but the you union, there, I, the union doesn't want that. And that's no, why we're not no. going to have baseball in 2022. <laughs> The baseball is right. going to be fucking done because of that rule right there. Well, they want it lowered, and the union's going to say, fucking no way. Yeah, they want it low. Not only do they want the luxury tax lowered, but they want free agency to begin at 29 and a half. 
uh, instead of, you know, the current like years, have it, you know, be about years. Uh, and then they also want to determine salary based upon F war, fan graphs war, which uh, they got some, you know, metric where. Oh, yeah. They're arbit- they want the arbitration to not be an arbitration anymore. It's so just-, just taking away all bargaining points of leverage. So they're just so far apart right now at that. And what the, the what the players want, and this is where they may give on the luxury tax, is the players want a minimum spending threshold. And so the, some teams may say, hey, you know what? Yeah, you can lower, the, say, the luxury tax by, say, $30 million, hypothetically speaking, but every team must spend X amount of dollars, in which that would help especially a lot of like the middle and lower tier players if you have to spend the money. So that's something to look at at negotiations is that you got teams like Pittsburgh that are spending like 500 grand on a team. You know what I mean? It's like, well, shit. And, then they're, not, I mean, and, like, then, and they're taking that money from the luxury tax. Correct. That gets redistributed out to them because a team like the Dodgers is, you know, interested in actually fucking winning championships. So that yeah. may be somewhere where they do kind of find some common ground where they say, we'll lower the luxury tax, but, you know, hey, if you want to be a baseball owner, you got to fucking spend some money. There's no fucking sitting there because everybody gets a cut of the TV money. Everybody gets a cut of the MLB merchandise money. And so you're, you're going to have, you're going to, I think that there is a lot of anger between the uh, big market owners and the small market owners being like, look, we understand you don't have the same amount of money to spend as we do, quote unquote, but you got to spend something. This is fucking ridiculous. There have been some teams that have been embarrassingly low with their payrolls. Yeah. Oh, well, the Indians last year, uh, or the now Guardians, 50 million, Orioles 53, Pirates were 54, Marlins 58, the Rays, who do wonders with 70. I mean, and uh, the Seattle Mariners were uh, were in the hunt too, and at eighty three million. So it's just like, you know, if if they're finding, and you know, you saw what what uh, uh, Jed or yeah, what Jed just said about the Braves. They're like, hey, look, we don't really need that much. You know, we, we can just uh, you know just kind of thread the needle. Maybe we'll get another good year out of Ortega. You know, like that's what they're preparing us for. And I feel like. If it were up to the MLB owners, there would not be stars in the game of baseball. Everybody would just be like a slightly above replacement level player, and they would all win 80. You know, a good season would be winning 85 games, and nobody ever would be like the Dodgers and blow through the payroll and spend 275 million. You know, like you said, they made those rules for George Steinbrenner because they were like, Hey, George, you're making us look bad. Like, Cup fans are looking at the Yankees being like, why not us? Spend some money, guys. We're out here in the bleachers drinking $10 beers. What gifts, you know? So Yeah, and that's – I mean, the owners do, like, what, you, what you're talking about. They don't want stars. They want you buying Cubs gear, not Chris Bryant gear. They don't want Rizzo jerseys. They want Cubs jerseys that have a 44 on them. Like, that's what they want. You know what I mean? Because in, in you can tell by the way that they market their players or absolutely do not market their players. You know what I mean? How often did you see Shoei Otani this year outside of actually looking to find him or it being a news story? Yeah. Like, that, does he, 
Is he doing Nike commercials? Everybody, he, everybody goes doing, on the Angels somehow. Like, they is go he to doing Los Gatorade? He had the fucking greatest season of like all time. Yeah. And there's people who may not even know who he is because the league doesn't even try to market their players because that's not what they're interested in. They're interested in team money, not player money. Carly, give me a prediction when the uh, when the season starts. Like, do you think there's going to be a, a, a I think the think CBA spring- gets settled by mid February? So I think yeah. they're going to have to condense everything a little bit. They're going to have to condense spring training. They're going to have to condense the season a little bit. Um, but I do think that there will be baseball in 2022. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I, Tom talked about biblical losses. And again, there, there was that revenue that wasn't coming in during the COVID uh, season. And even this year, they had restricted uh, seats for half the season pretty much. And so to, to sit there and not play for a whole nother year, we just, I mean, that is insanity. You just can't do that. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to do it. I think that the scenario I talked about, about lowering the luxury tax, but raising the minimum amount per payroll per team is where uh, deals are made. I think there's going to be expanded playoffs. I think there's going to be a DH in the NL. Um, yeah, you're, you, these are my nightmares. Are you in my head when I sleep? You're just fucking rattling off every <laughs> shitty dream that I have every night. I, I wake up in a fucking cold sweat going, you know, a 78-win team fucking made it into the playoffs with the goddamn DH fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> and, a, and, and, a, and a bunch of openers. And just like yeah, a bunch oh, of... And they, and, and and they no got rid of the fucking pitchers. divisions. Yeah. You know, the, the Cubs and the White Sox are now playing each other 47 times a year. <laughs> Red Sox, oh, Yankees on every Sunday night. Uh, Joe Buck's wet dream. So uh, <laughs> here's, a, uh, here's another commercial. Sunranto.com slash shopping. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fan Zed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. Well, uh, Patrick Wisdom's officially not the rookie of the year. Uh, I don't think any of us were expecting it, even though he did break KB's home run record. And uh, Jonathan India, the, uh, the, the mega... He, he won it, and uh, he did have a pretty darn good year. I, I don't know if you remember when we did that show with the guys from the Reds at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I, when I was out in spring training, I went to the Reds facility, watched the Cubs play, and every time India was like, he was just so noticeable. I'm like, who the hell is Jonathan India? Man, that guy is something. And, and 
sure as shit, he had one hell of a year, and he's a great player. Yeah, he's going to be a thorn in our side for some oh. time now. And uh, Schwindel actually got some votes, which I thought was fun for him. Uh, <laughs> right. Crowley's face, uh, you look like you, you well, just ate, ate a sour lemon. I did. I didn't look. Did it say how many votes that Wisdom and Schwindel got? I don't. Schwindel, I think Schwindel got like a couple, like third place votes, and or I mean, Wisdom well, got a couple third place votes. Well, uh, I, I think we write the story and tell the story that Schwindel and Wisdom split the vote. They were actually both could, better than India, it, yeah. and India wins because you know they no, split. In, the India Cubs won vote. because he's he's. Probably better than both of them put together. <laughs> probably the thing. <laughs> and, and half also, their age. Half their age, exactly. Uh, one annoying thing with the uh, awards is that the Cardinals won all the gold gloves. They got five of them. And uh, Yachty was not among them, which I found kind of fun. Um, Gabe Kapler, manager of the year for, you know, bringing the Giants out of nowhere to to, to take it. That made sense. The, Couldn't have uh, happened to a better guy. Yeah. And... Um, then uh, uh, David Ross actually got a couple of votes. So there, like, I, I think let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Who the fuck voted for David Ross for manager of the year and Frank Schwindel for that matter? But it's, it's the same people. It's yeah. the exact same it's people. Same exact people. It's freaking Gordon Whitmire. Just Gordon would oh not God. do that. Dude. <laughs> it is a hundred percent not Gordo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who it was. Um, We'll blame Gorda just for fun, but you know um, it's it's like Hall of Fame voting. I think you should have to, you know, if you're going to sit there and like not vote for Derek Jeter because he was a, you know, because he, you know, the first ballot because nobody ever like if you're going to make a stupid fucking vote, own it. Yeah, then well, maybe you won't make as many stupid votes. Yeah, well, and it's and you know, it, Michael, you just brought up the idea that MLB markets its players very poorly. You know, not only do they market that poorly, they market like their award season really poorly. Like, like oh, it's like, like I think they announced uh, the rookie of the year on Sunday at like six, like right during like big football games, and you're like, dude, nobody's watching, paying attention to MLB. What they should have is like an award show, like the Tony Awards or something, or the Grammys, where all the players come. And they rent out a hall and they go to Los Angeles and they put it on TV and they do all night. And like, you know, the, the, you know, you get old guys to make speeches like a Cubs convention thing, make a big show and they show highlights and they talk about the year. They get up on all the awards and they get up and they make a speech and we get to like see these guys. But if that, they put it out in the, like what today was like Wednesday at six. We're going to tell you who won the Cy Young Award. Like, people are driving home from work. They're like, they get, you know, and then it comes out. They only put it on MLB Network. So it's not even a national thing you can even watch unless you got that channel. It gets like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, it, 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 it's nuts. insane. And, you know, if only there were, I don't know, a couple of days a week that there wasn't football. If there was just a time that they could schedule it. Yeah, every other day but Sunday, pretty much. <laughs> um so, and then, so anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest. And then the other thing I saw this week that kind of had Cubs World a buzzing, I know uh, Crawley noticed this, is that uh, it was uh, Sammy Sosa's birthday. And they said, uh, Marquis tweeted out and said, hopping into the weekend. And, um, you know, a lot of Cub fans were like, hey, man, like, you can't, like, use Sammy Sosa to promote your marquee network channel and then not invite him to anything ever. Cause he's got to apologize to Tom Ricketts. Um, but 
I liked what Michael Irpino said to uh, watch Marquee. He, he just oh, went right to the point. He goes, fuck you. Bring him home or stop sharing content of him. Can't have both, you scumbags. I'm like, well, that, that escalated his, real quickly. His Twitter handle was shame on you forever. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I guess that's what he does. Just goes around telling people that they're fucking wrong about shit. But um, I kind of agree with that. I mean, it, it was a little weird. I mean, I know, Carl, you and I had a little interchange about it on Twitter. I said, well, maybe, it, you know, they it was like an intern that tweeted that out and they weren't really aware of the situation with Sammy Sosa. And, you know, now they're going to get a reprimand or, you know, what do you think? I mean, do you think that this is a prelude to bringing a back or is so this? So I have seen it and this is not just this thing right now. You see it at the Cubs game too, where they do like in, in between the innings on the scoreboard, they'll be like, dun, 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 legends of the game. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this whole, and they'll do like a montage and they'll do They've done them on Sammy before. I've seen it there. I've seen it on Marquee. I've seen it everywhere. They still want to make money off them. They just don't want them showing up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, how surprised would you be if there was a single person working at Marquee that just didn't know everything there is to know about the Cubs? I mean, <laughs> the Marquee Network is the end-all, be-all encyclopedia of knowledge about the Cubs. Well, so. And women's volleyball, apparently. So <laughs> yeah, that was on the other day at the gym, the Marquee Network. I was watching like some no-name school against another no-name school. I'm like, you can't even put schools on that I've heard of? Jesus. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, anyway, I think they should bring it back. Obviously, we've talked about that a bunch. But, you know, it, I, I, I do have some sympathy for the fans that don't you know, the cheating, the court bat, the, the domestic violence uh, accusation against him that would charges were dropped for that. But still, you know, we all kind of right. know that that's bullshit. But, you know, I, I don't know. So it's but I definitely would want him back. I think that was a different era. I think a lot of guys were doing steroids. The cork bat is actually more annoying than the steroids to me for some reason, because it's, you know, seems a little bit more purposeful and like you're getting an edge over other people. I don't know. But uh, I thought that was funny. So uh, let's get into some announcements and we'll end the show. And we're going to meet you afterwards uh, for our post show on the Spotify Green Room app, which was just updated by Spotify. So hopefully it works a lot better than it has been working. We can I can actually bring you guys into the conversation. But um, December 11th, Cubs caroling. We're meeting at G-Man. At 5 p.m., uh, we're all going to go around. We're going to sing songs and uh, have a good time, go bar hopping. I saw that the Chris Kindle Market is opening at Wrigley on Friday, so that should be happening. Hopefully, we get good weather for it, that we could sing at the ice skating rink. We could w- w- run around Wrigley and do it. And Cubs Caroling is back, people. Only took one Woo-hoo. year. I'm excited as hell. I know a, a lot of a uh, lot of people plan on uh, showing up. I and, tell people um, it was one of the most fun events of the season every year. Yeah, it's it. No, I love it. It's like all my favorite things: drinking, singing, and Cubs fans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? And uh, so, uh, Cubs caroling contest is still going. Put your Cubs carol parodies up on the Sun Ranto Ranters page. We got a couple this week from John Jurgavan. Very impressed with his. So this is Christmas parody. I don't know if you guys saw that yet, but I I did, and I, he's a wizard with video and having himself back himself up on that video. It was yeah. beautiful. It's awesome. So check that out. And also Bill Sugis put up one very funny stuff. 
and uh, the, the 12 days of uh, Cubs miss is what he put up, and very funny stuff. And so get him in because there is a Ronnie Woo Woo bobblehead going to be given away, and uh, you know you don't you you do not want to not try to win that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. And then uh, the the other thing that happened too is um, you know our good friend uh, Matt Camer. You know it, it, he's the all his artwork is sitting right behind me right now. If you're watching on the video feed as we speak, he has a, well, an imposter. This guy's another Cubs uh, artist and his name is Josh Trout. And he is basically ripping off Matt Cammer. So anyway, I think we should all troll him. He was, he, he tweeted this out. And this is his Mike Trout over the city of Anaheim. He's drawing on maps. He's done like six of them. He calls them his map series. And here's uh, here's Matt Kammerer's Mike Trout. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like, and so I tweeted to the guy because I wanted to, his name is Jay Trout Paintings. I, I tweeted the guy. I go, I thought you had already done a Mike Trout. Isn't this it? And I put a picture of Mike Trout, uh, Matt Kammerer's Mike Trout, and of course, the guy he finally gets back to me. He goes, "It's ignorant to assume he's the only one that can do a certain type of type of art, um, th- like thinking with your gra- what? What would you call that emoji? Thinking, grabbing your thinking skin. emoji. Yeah, thinking. I'm a fan and support Matt's work. Yeah, by copying him, he has his way of doing things, and I have mine. We have different looks and styles. And then he was like, "Hang loose, sign." And I'm like, "I'm gonna write a song called Hey June.' There's an awesome course at the end where everyone in the band sings la 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 together for four minutes straight. Like, I'm like, dude, like, look at these back to back. Come on, like, what a ripoff! Can you believe this guy now? And I agree with, to a certain extent that you that you know you can be inspired by somebody's work, but give Matt some freaking credit, dude. Like, I hate that shit. People that put out the fake obvious shirts too. When you know when you got uh, Joe's paying for the licensing and everything. Anyway, I was a little pissed off at that. So, uh, you know, Black Friday's coming up, and and uh, I think you guys should shop at Matt's store and at, use the- at Matt's Etsy store. Permanent, permanent paintings. Yep, get, get stuff from Matt. Uh, use the Amazon link through the Sunranto page. Make sure you always go to the Sunranto page for all your uh, awesome shopping needs. Yeah, no shit. There's tons of stuff there. Um, so yeah, I put the link to the Etsy, uh, Matt's Etsy shop in there. So anyway, go troll that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> um, all right. TF season. We'll get out of here. Go over on green room. We're running a little late here, but that's okay. Good thing. There's no, there's no clock in baseball yet. <laughs> Not until after next CBA. Um, so I, I'll go first. I, I guess, uh, I, where did, where, sorry. What did I do with mine? Go ahead. Somebody else go. Okay. Uh, I have three real quick. They're all on the exact same thing, and I just couldn't put them in the same picture. Uh, but I found this on Reddit in the subreddit baseball ballparks by one star reviews. A guy, Sir Parsifal, has been doing these, and uh, he hasn't made it to Wrigley. I, I was really looking forward to that, but he did guaranteed rate field, and these are Google reviews in which. They give the field one star. And the first two I have here, hate this name. It will always be called the Comiscular Field. Stop selling out. And uh, it's amazing for football fans only. I give it one star only because I hate football. So apparently, I I don't know what stadium they think they're reviewing. Uh, Then this... 
This one here, uh, all I have to say is that I was peed on in the bathroom at the urinating station. What's a urinating station? I don't know. Uh, I was also charged $8 for a hot dog. This is a terrible place for America's pastime. The team also lost. There is not enough energy, and a man there called me a hobnocker. (laughs) I wish I could give the park zero stars. Uh, And then Wrigley does finally come into it. I finished with this one. Wrigley Field is the heart of Chicago, while Comiskey Park is the gallbladder. This Crawley, did you write this? This sounds like your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something you'd say about Comiscular Field. The, uh, <laughs> the Comiscular Field. I love it. So, uh, Tom Brenneman is once again trying to have his little pity party by going to sympathetic media outlets to try to get his redemption tour starting, and it never really does. But I love the redemption story because it always has some great, great TFCs here. Uh, Inquirer Sports, at Inquirer Sports, has an article about Tham. Former Red broadcaster Tham Brenneman, I'm not dying, I'm not sick, my kids aren't sick, my wife's not sick, but professionally, I'm very sick. And you know what's coming, I would, I would 100% sports. agree with him. And Christian <laughs> Hernandez Stan says... I'm not dying. I'm not sick. My kids aren't sick. My wife's not sick, but professionally, I'm very sick as there's a drive into deep left field by Castellanos. That'll be a home run, and so that'll make it a four to nothing ball game. And I don't know if I'll ever put on this headset again. I, I love <laughs> it. Never gets old. That looks like the ones that you see in. He's accidentally self aware how he finishes it. Professionally, I'm very sick. Yeah. That's why you got fired. Dumbass. The, the, the yeah. article is 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 funny because it's like he actually is addressing that. Like he brings up like Nick Castellanos' wife said something like, "Stop doing the the call because the man lost his job." And and it's such a self pity party. Fucking Thom Brennan, I can't yeah. stand yeah. that bastard. I, I hope he does never put the headset on again. He can he can just he wasn't he calling games in Veracruz or something like that. Like he went down to Mexico trying to get himself back into it. All right, uh, mine is from Wilson Contreras, uh, the Cubs catcher for at least one more year, hopefully. Uh, he just went on Twitter today, and he said, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, yawning emoji. And I was like, you go, Wilson. You that's a, that's all of baseball dumb right now. Yeah, in, in other words, uh, he's not happy with the way maybe in negotiations. I mean, that's a lot of people reading a lot into that one, why he would tweet that. Um. There's a mystery, but so uh, there's our show. Go over to the green room app, follow Sun Ranto show. We're going to be there right now. So we'll see you over there. Uh, download it at your favorite app store that your phone makes you use. All right. Here's a song called Hug Watch. Hug Watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. Hug watch, what do you got? We traded you, Darvish, but we didn't get a lot. Hey, Chris Bryant, I guess I'll see you later. We're filling up the system with a bunch of teenagers. Hug watch, watching for hugs. All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs. We're saying sayonara to Dirty Craig. 
Until this year he had a 6 ERA And Javi, guess it's time to say adios You should have got extended with Castellanos We're singing hug, watch, watching for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs Jock Peterson, we'd sure love to have you back But now Jake Arrieta's gonna help you pack Arriva, Dirty, to Anthony Rizzo Oh, why won't Tommy Ricketts pony up the dough? Hug watch, watching for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs Andrew Chapin was the sheriff of Chicago town But he's traded to the Padres, now he's wearing brown only got Wilson for one more year I'm not sure where he'll be playing But it won't be here Hug watch, watching for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs Hug watch, watching for hugs All your favorite players getting traded from the Cubs This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with the $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's what I call no-risk-all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Greenroom app. The second half of this show, which you're about to hear, was recorded on the Spotify Greenroom app. It is an app that you download for free at the iOS App Store or the Android Store. You create a profile, you link your Twitter, you join a league. Uh, you follow us at Sun Ranto Show to be notified when the room goes live. And uh, then when we go live, you can join in the conversation. So it's kind of like a radio call-in show. Uh, except you're using an application on your phone that you can download. So you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. You get in on the conversation and uh, you can listen to lots of different things. There's all sorts of uh, leagues and concepts and uh, radio shows that are going live on the Spotify Greenroom app. You don't want to miss it. 
So check it out uh, and uh, download it today. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show, which you need to follow on the Spotify Green Room app, Sun Ranto Show. Here's our conversation. Yeah, you can hear the uh, ending theme song right there. Yeah. I got to tell you, Danny, I am pretty excited today. A piece of memorabilia I have been hunting for years finally came into my possession. What was it? Uh, Harry Carey bobblehead. So oh, well, that's the one that looks like Keith Olbermann. No, that was a custom bobblehead. That one is a guy make, there are people that make custom bobbleheads. So they take uh, ex- pre-existing bobbleheads and then kind of repurpose them. So that Harry Carey was from a St. Louis Harry Carey bobblehead. And then he just kind of changed the hair color and made the desk cub bean. Yeah, well, it looks like well, that one looks like Keith Olbermann. <laughs> so, what 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 Harry Carey bobblehead did you get? It is uh, from Forever Collectibles, 2011. For whatever reason, I think they got in trouble and they had to kind of like recall them. And so, it is just an absolutely beautiful bobblehead of Harry Carey with a brick wall with the with the uh, like you know remember when we would wear like the white like kind of sweater over like the red shirt with the blue jacket over it. Oh, phenomenal. Standing in front of the nice. uh, 400 with the ivy, I mean, it is it is a thing of beauty that I've been, like I said, hunting for years. Uh, we're we're back. I in. guess this Are is things working. Hey, we got some people. It looks like it is. Do- Dominic says he can finally send messages. I'm looking in the chat here. Uh, Bernie says, "Hey." And we, it looks like we can send. I don't know if we could do this before, but we can send gifts now in the chat. So, like I can, I don't know, was that possible to do before? Oh, you got that little dancing cowboy. Yeah, a little dancing cowboy. I... So, uh, I don't know what you guys want to talk about. We covered a lot of stuff on the show. I mean, you know, it's. Can we talk about how Tom Brenneman wants to be, uh, do you remember they did that show with uh, Hank Azaria as the down and out baseball announcer? Somebody, somebody in the chat, tell me what that show was. Have you guys seen this Hank's, show? No. Oh, it's really good. It's uh, Brockmire, Jake Bujnowski. Right, Brockmire, yeah. yeah. Go watch Brockmire, uh, Carl. You'll love it. It's um, Hank Azaria is an old baseball guy that got kicked out of baseball because he uh, lost his mind and said a bunch of shit about his wife on a broadcast. And then it's just about his life trying to get back into it and doing like independent baseball. Well, it's it's interesting with Tom Brennan. As much as I don't like him, it's for it's the reason I don't like him is because he shits on the Cubs all the time, you know, and or did, and he hates the Cubs and he used to work for him, obviously. Um, but the that you know, uh, I do the, wonder, and this is like the Sammy Sosa thing too. It's like you do something fucked up, you know. You, the question is, does does that follow you around? forever and is it fair to cancel somebody i mean maybe if they're not contrite about what they did when they don't understand uh, you know that maybe then they can stick it and that's, and, and that's the problem he is never does anybody think that he has truly owned up to anything that he's done that you know that what he was saying that day and all the all the shit that's the problem he has never really done that well what what do you do you do that article at all the the question that you ask is are you sorry for what you did or are you sorry that you got caught 
And those are always two different things. Is Sam really sorry that he said what he said? And, and he's making, cause he has done a lot. He has done a lot within the LGBTQ community and other things like that. But, you know, how. Oh, we lost you there, Crowley. We lost you, Crowley. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't like the guy, so I don't really give a shit because I don't know. I, I don't. I guess I don't necessarily feel all that bad for him. If he showed up working somewhere, fine. But this, I mean, let's face it. Major League Baseball is not the woke crowd. It's not a bunch of uh, social justice warriors out there that refuse to hire the guy. They don't give a shit. So if he's not being hired... I don't think it's because he's being fucking canceled by any of us. We don't have any say over that shit. Yeah, boy, I, I'm going to disagree with that because, I mean, the Brennemans are an institution in Cincinnati. I mean, the fact that he lost his job there and it, it looks, again, when you talk about uh, MLB. Crowley, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. They're an institution. They're all this shit. He's probably a dick. Otherwise, I, it just it was fired it was so bad and it was done on the air that if you hold on to him it just looks really really bad and oh my god I see and that and that's where I disagree I think they a hundred percent could have shut him down for maybe the rest of the season and just brought him right back and it wouldn't have fucking made any difference like yeah do some sensitivity training like you know send him send him to like you know basically like well, that's you know, sensitivity camp, or that's what you they know. did with um, Bob Brenly. But it was, but but here's yeah. the thing: yeah. Bob Brenly was kind of doing the kind of casual type, like racism. You know what I mean? Like he was just kind of like saying things, but not saying things out loud. Where Tom Brenneman got caught, yeah, do, right? Tom Brenneman got caught on a hot mic saying derogatory things. So it's kind of like with Bob Brenly, you'll be like, oh, he's just an old guy. He doesn't know he can say that. With Thom, there was nothing you could do. I mean, you heard what you heard. Yeah, but that being said, uh, I think that something – you can come back. You can come back from most anything if people like you. They'll figure out a way to get you back, get you back into the fold. Or if so you throw 100 miles an hour, like like a Rovis Chapman. Yeah, but if they don't fucking like you, guess what? You're not going to get a job. So the longer this goes on, I I honestly, I think, I mean, I think Tom Brennan is just a dick. And I think the everybody other thing knows is, it. And he, they're just like, it gave us an opportunity to get rid of him because we couldn't before because he was too much of a, an institution. But now that they got rid of him, they're just like, fine. You know, we're not going to bring him back. Well, I'm interested to, I'm interested, like, specifically, like, maybe, not. This, we all hate Tom Renneman anyway. We hated him before he did that shit. But, like, I'm curious about to maybe dig in more about, like, Sammy Sosa. And I know it's, it, you know, we beat that horse to death. But, like, is is it enough? And I'm curious to hear what other people's opinions like. The accusation of domestic violence to me is the worst thing that he did. Um, that's before he was even a Cubs player, I think. Um, and that's why most Cubs fans don't, don't talk know about, about it, it or talk about it. But you know, yeah. but and there was a different time 
way, way earlier, obviously people are way more sensitive to that right now and they should have been the whole time, but it's just the people are do, doing a better job at being vigilant and also, you know, the Me Too movement and things like that. A lot more has come to light, Harvey Weinstein. But so you look at somebody like Sammy Sosa and like, you know, I'm I'm not convinced that he did what they say he did, but I'm pretty sure he did it. You know what I mean? Um, but the question is like, is can what does he have to do? What would somebody like him? What's his apology tour look like? You know what I mean? Because well, there's only one. There's an audience of one, and that's Tom Ricketts. And there was one Cubs convention where Tom was very specific about what Sammy had to do. And basically, he had to apologize for using steroids and being a shitty teammate is essentially what it comes down to. And there's no way Sammy Sosa is going to do either, including one which would basically get him in trouble for lying to Congress. Yeah, what's the Statue of Limitations on <laughs> yeah, When that expires, then maybe when they uh, let him back or – I think we all know that Congress isn't going to hold anybody fucking accountable. Yeah, they lie all the time. Like, isn't that's mostly what happens in there? I believe Rafael, Rafael Palmero left the congressional hearings and did uh, steroids for his first time ever. The next, uh, we got Corey, Corey Furlong in here as a speaker. Uh, hey, Corey, how you doing, man? Sorry, here I am, Rocket. You hit it uh, or uh, uh Congress Uh-oh. isn't going to hold uh, Sosa accountable for anything. You know, if you look at the guys who over the years have gotten busted on PEDs and came out ahead of it and said, hey, I apologize, made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. You know what? All's forgiven. Andy Pettit, or was it Pettit, or who was with the Yankees? Pettit was with the Yankees. He did when he was with Clemens. Barry Bond with San Francisco. There's a whole list of people. Uh, exactly. Giambi. They came out, they're like, hey, I'm sorry, I did it, you know, move on. So what Sammy needed to do, and it didn't happen, and now he, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like Pete Rose. You know, you can only lie for so long, you know, until it doesn't matter anymore. But, but again, you, you know, when you got Barry Bonds, he's never admitted shit. And he's, he, was, yeah. he was all sorts of caught, and, if you, and, and they, they, like, literally, uh, they, like, throw flowers at him every time he shows up in San Fran. He's probably going to make the Hall of Fame, too. Which is in- Mark McGuire as well, you know, coming back with the Cardinals. And, you know, he, he did the same kind of mea culpa tour. And, uh, you know, th- and then he's back. So I, I think that that's it. But, I mean, Sammy, he's, he's kind of nuts. You know, I mean, he's, to, he, he's, I mean, he's got a, the biggest <laughs> ego of all of them. So, I mean, in many ways, I don't foresee – the right things happening to bring him back. But I don't know. I mean, you feel like, I mean, what's it going to take? I mean, cause our generation, I mean, that's like nineties. So we're in our twenties when all that's going on. Right. I mean, like, well, we're in high school, high school into into college. college. So it's like, you know, that's, it's our generation, but now we're all in our forties. So like, maybe it's going to take till we're in our sixties, but then Sammy's maybe, I mean, not even, alive like i don't know what they're gonna do dead dead from a heart attack because of too much steroids yeah no we're we're gonna have to wait for the next ownership because somehow this this is the thing that pisses me off the most about it it's not even that he has to you know they want him to do all it's that tom ricketts 
has somehow taken this as a personal affront to him. He didn't even own the team at the time. Like, he wasn't associated with the team. And yet, he seems to be the most butthurt of anybody over this shit. Well, that's what people don't understand. It's like, if you didn't own the team and he didn't do anything personally to you, and I guarantee you, Tom tells the story all the time about meeting his wife in the bleachers and living about right around Sports Corner and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, dude, I guarantee you were cheering him and rooting him on. And, what, what you know, you probably were. Uh, there's not anybody that didn't know what he was doing. You know, I remember being a 12-year-old and, and making fun of my friend, the A's fan, because Jose and Canseco and McGuire, I call them the Juice Brothers instead of the Bash Brothers. Everybody knew what was happening. Yeah. Come on. Jake's in the room right now. Jake, if you want to unmute yourself, got something yeah, to say. Yeah. Hey, Jake. I, uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, letting me in, guys. Um, the, the Sammy debate pisses me off, um, specifically because of what Cotton just said. Like, it's, Ricketts is kind of going against his own interest and gatekeeping Sammy Sosa, like, and it, like, what is he? The guy wants to make money, right? All of the opportunities to bring Sammy back to Wrigley, have him be part of Cubs promotions, be on Marquee Network, like, I. So I was, I'm 28 years old. So when Sammy Sosa was good, you know, like 98 into the early 2000s, he's. I mean, of course, you know, Crawley knows my dad. My dad was a diehard fan, and that's why I'm a Cubs fan. But also watching Sammy Sosa, I mean. He essentially introduced an entire generation of, of new fans to the Cubs, and they we have money now. <laughs> we have money to spend at Wrigley, at the, the new sports book, uh, subscribing to Marquee Network, et cetera, so on and so forth. Ricketts is a moron for pulling this publicity shit of being anti-Sosa. Like, we all know his faults. They're all out there in the open. Let the guy back. There are plenty of people my age who are who are yelling at the gates. Let Sammy in. It, it's it's so stupid and counterproductive, in my opinion. That that's a great that's a great point. I mean, yeah. putting him on Marquee Network like that's must watch TV because he is so nuts. Like he could be like our version of Ozzy Gian. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I would call the new sports book. It would be the Sammy Sosa sports book. Uh, you know, it's it's. I knew that there was trouble with this, that this was not going to go away. There was an opportunity um, between 2011 and 13 when the team was intentionally tanking. They knew they were going to be bad. And like I said, for the very first time in my first time ever, CubsCon did not sell out since like the first, probably the first couple ones even sold out. But like it, it, when it, it they would always have these t-shirts that would have the date on the back and there'd be like a stamp that said sold out every year. And they stopped selling out around 2011, 2012, and especially 2013. A lot of us were starting starting to think like, "Look, you got no players." You know what I mean? You had a bunch of young players that no one knew just yet what you had, but you had nobody. Like when they did the announcement of like the current team, it was all just like a bunch of eye rolls. I think Edwin Jackson got booed one year. Uh, it was just awful. And so 2013, you knew that the upcoming season was the centennial year of Wrigley Field. And the Cubs had all their plans of what they were going to do. And it was really, from a baseball perspective, it was an okay year. They still were bad, but you saw glimmers of hope. But for like the being at Wrigley for the ambiance and for the giveaways and that kind of stuff, it was one of the best years ever. 
and uh, 10 bobbleheads that year, mind you. Uh, retro jerseys every Sunday for 10 weeks. Uh, they had uh, the, the, the decade anim- dogs. <laughs> the, the decade dogs. They had the anniversary of the 100th game where they brought back everybody Ernie, Billy. They had uh, Gail Sears and Dick Butkus from the Bears. It was one of the most amazing they, days in Wrigley history. They blew that game so bad. That was well, against. They, that was against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like they were the winning ninth, going right? into the ninth, and they blew it. They gave up like four runs. I, what, didn't like Miguel Montero hit a home run or something? Yeah, yeah. I was at that game. I had awesome fucking seats. I actually got a picture with Charles Wigman's granddaughter. She threw out the first pitch. Uh, so the uh, original, you know, the Cubs owner. Uh, who threw the first pitch at Wrigley, his daughter, his granddaughter threw it, and I, I got a good picture with her. But, yeah, they blew that game, and that was one of the three times, three or four times I almost renounced my Cub fandom. I was really pissed off. Yeah, they they blew it in front of all those dignitaries, too. I was just like, oh, man, Billy Williams must be so annoyed. He's like, damn, this organization, we're just a bunch of fucking losers. Uh, it was <laughs> the most perfect day. It was a gorgeous day. It was like late April. And the sun was shining. It was cold, but the sun was yeah. shining. They had the giant cake outside. They had people in period uh, costumes. They, were, they had they had every and like all these awesome players coming back on the field. I mean, if you were a Cub fan, and I have the pictures of that day, seeing all those players there, and 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 Sammy not being there was just a just an absolute travesty. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, and not only that. It, Sammy with, you know, the, the Cubs, you should definitely come back. But also, like, what he what he and McGuire did for Major League Baseball after the strike year, I mean, that's well established that, you know, people were just not going to baseball games. They weren't tuning in. They were disgusted with the entire thing. And then for the, them to heat up with that home run race and break the record, even if it was steroid-aided, you know, that was a national story that got people back into baseball for – you know, they, well, pretty much single-handedly those guys did. And so it's not that the Cubs owe Sammy, MLB owes Sammy, the fans want Sammy despite his foibles. So it's kind of annoying, like Jake says, like to be gatekept kept about this. It's like. Is it, is it the, uh, is it the, the age of the person, um, Tom Ricketts. I don't know how old he is. I don't know. He's in his early fifties, early to mid fifties, early. So he's barely older than us. Really? Not much. Yeah. Um, And I was wondering about that because I remember the whole steroid thing. The media came out of the woodwork acting like these players just took a shit right in their Cheerios. You know, they acted like it was the worst thing that could ever be done to the game. But I felt like people our age were just like, yeah, it was cheating. It sucked. But none of us took it personally. You know what I mean? And so I was wondering if, if Ricketts was maybe of the age of pe- people that took it personally. Jake, what were you going to say? So I was also going to say, I mean, so Carly, you mentioned a really good point talking about having all the all the um, old school Cubs and, and Bears back for the 100-year anniversary of Wrigley. And it brings to mind, uh, and this was kind of lost in the mix because of because of the trade deadline this year, but them unveiling the new Wrigley Field Hall of Fame, which 
really is kind of like a piss poor attempt, in my opinion, just a wall of plaques. Like, give give the fans like a like an actual hall, you know. But uh, aside from that, Sammy's a notable omission there. So it's been I, like I remember it here, like hearing it floated out there that the idea is that next year uh, or in seasons to come, they're going to induct people into that hall of fame in person. So they've kind of set up a, a, a pathway for, for bringing Sammy back through that induction ceremony. And that's kind of what I'm holding out hope for. And I, and I talked to some of my friends about that too. And we we're kind of all on the same page. So when that is, I don't know, but especially if they don't make any big free agency splashes this year, they're going to need to do some fan service next season. And that could be a good opportunity to do so. Hey, Jake, uh, they don't have room for a hall of fame. They need to make a sports book like right now. I, I think that's their prayer. <laughs> no yeah. doubt about it. Um, it and it, well, they, they started that hall of fame and you know, it's, I guess it's in the, um, it's in like the the left field bleacher call. So it's underneath the left field bleachers. And uh, let me tell you, it's, I was looking at some pictures. I'm putting together the rancher calendar, uh, finding pictures for that. And I'm, I'm like looking at the pictures of that hall. The plaques are tiny. That's the one where Ricketts inducted himself, you know, and, and then, and also there's another thing about it. Like, you know, Tinker's Evers and Chance are all in it, but they didn't even put them together. Like they're not even, they're like Chance is all the way on the side and Tinker's and Evers are over here. Like, it's like, dude, who put this together? It's like, felt like all totally slapped up. And the, they're not impressive plaques. They look like, you know, they were done in like, uh, like, uh, like a high school bought a 3D printer, <laughs> and then they made it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with what Corey said too. Obviously, like the sports book is where they're going to make the money. But yeah, Danny, it, it's like seeing pictures. I haven't seen it in person, but it just feels half-assed. Like, I don't know. Put put some kind like just put some more effort into it. Like. They've got really great display cases in the bleachers, and I just feel like they've got so much negative space, like wall space and otherwise, um, underneath the bleachers. Like, do do something, you know? Like, put up some better displays down there. They don't even have to – like, it's not like they have to build, like, a new building or a new section of the stadium. But, but, but you know, Jake, why don't they do that? Because other teams do. I mean, you we – we went to St. Louis, and they have a, a great museum that you can go to for the Cardinals Museum. Cincinnati has one. The Cubs, Ricketts owns, like, the majority of the area surrounding the ballpark. You could – I've always argued this. You could buy that place where Rockets was – not Danny Rocket, but Rockets was there, right on the corner, right across the street from Bernie's. That'd be yeah. perfect. That'd be a Just perfect Just put a spot. building yeah. right there. Ricketts can do what he loves most, which is charge people too much money to go attend it. And then, and then you, the Cubs have one of the greatest histories. And even when Danny and I went to Detroit this yeah. year, um, you know, it was so cool to walk around the stadium and just see, like, you want to talk. I mean, obviously they have more room there in the concourses and stuff like that, but just tons of displays. But the fact is, is that the Cubs have so much history and none of it is recognized at Wrigley Field. It never is. Yeah, and, you know, and you hit it right on the head, though. The reason it's so half-assed and haphazard down there is because the Ricketts haven't been able to figure out how to make you pay money to walk from the bleachers over to the grandstands, right? Like, they can't charge you to be in that hall yet. But, you know, hey, 
Madden's post is gone. You could stick it right there and charge people to get into that bitch, you know, a couple of bucks or whatever. It's their building. They wouldn't even have to pay rent. And sell beer and sell hot dogs and sell burgers. Like, it doesn't – it's – The Starbucks, put a coffee shop, make it the – Starbucks closed. They, they, Starbucks wants nothing to do. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying though. There's no more Starbucks. So put in a coffee shop that is, that doubles as the Cubs museum, right? So if you, the, you know, you go in to get your coffee and then you wander around and you look at the 3D printed plaques. The McDonald's across the street had had more (laughs) shop. Yeah, it did. It's just, it's, it's, I've always dreamed of some, like for me, again, being a history major, I've always dreamed of some type of museum and what it would look like. And would it be interactive? Like, could you sit down and like, they would play a game on the screen and maybe you could hear a J- Harry Carey calling a game or Jack Brickhouse or Vince Lloyd or any of the classic guys that they had uh, that called games over the years, you know, and, and or famous calls that they had. Uh, there's so much that you could potentially do. And that's why the Madden's post, like I want a, I want a nice size building with multiple stories that you could use and, and really tell this tale of the Cubs. And I've argued with Crane about this forever. And the story before was, well, you know, back then it was, they didn't have the space, which they clearly don't, but now they've been buying everything up. I, I it just seems like such a no brainer to have something like that. They own. They blocked their own view on the rooftops. They own buildings that could totally be used. And maybe it is part of the plan. But you would think, just because it is such a great money-making opportunity, that they would have developed some of that stuff. And maybe they will now that they're not developing a team and interested in the baseball part of it. That they'll just, you know, like Jake said, they're going to need to do something next year. They had no giveaways. Uh, you know, they, they need to be bringing players back. They need to be. Hey, they they had they had uh, three giveaways. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, kind of. I mean, they had the Chia Craig, Chia Craig, and that was they, the only real giveaway, right? I mean, no, they had a U Darvish, but you had to buy fifty dollars worth of a fifty-fifty raffle. Yeah, that was that was a condition. I'm talking about stuff you line up for and everybody gets. I, I missed that only man. Chia Craig. <laughs> I know it was. I mean, it was mayhem. I used to like to watch everybody do it because. Uh, People like you <laughs> get a little aggressive and make it sure that. You know, no, dude, I'm in the first. I'm the first person in yeah. line. I just get to walk right in and go get my early beers, and the food's twenty yeah. percent off. It, you yeah, know, well, so, not it. Well, only for you. They they so took that away to for us, plebes. One final plea for you all to join the Patreon campaign at Patreon.com/slash/Sunranto. Um, this version of the podcast has advertising all strewn throughout it. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, then, uh, and why would you like being uh, barked ads at? Uh, Well, then you can subscribe for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. You get your own RSS feed. You get the show early. You get the show ad-free. And uh, there's perks at every level. You can get the music. I write out little newsletters. You get the photography that I take at the games. Um, there's, it's it just, it's a great way to help out the show, become a ranter, a super ranter and, um, help out the show because I'm telling you, it, it'll make you feel good knowing that you're helping produce the Sun Ranto show 
tickets and beer and Crawley's memorabilia, Cubs Cave, and, you know, uh, Michael Cotton tickets and all sorts of good stuff that will put your money to good use producing a great Cubs podcast. So please be involved with it. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. And you'll never hear me ask you again because I cut those all out of the show. So you'll never hear it again. You'll never hear this little uh, song that's playing. You'll never hear about uh, any of the uh, the advertisers that are fed us through our podcast network. You won't hear any about, of it. You'll just hear Cubs talk. You won't have your time wasted. And it is really cheap. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars. If you would buy each one of us a beer at Wrigley Field, that's like the three, four dollar level. So come on, join today. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Quit screwing around. Here's the rest of the show. Because I remember going to like Rockies games at Coors Field and just showing up, wandering in, and somebody gives me a fucking bobblehead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's a bobblehead today? You know, and to see what they do outside of Wrigley and how excited people get over those bobbleheads. And I seriously, I have a, a, a Nolan Arenado gold glove. I have uh, actually, I don't think I have that one anymore. But I had um, their their no hitter, the 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 guy that did the no hitter, or whatever. But I have these bobbleheads, or have or have had them in the past, where I didn't even know they were doing a bobblehead that day. I just showed up, and people just gave them. You know, it, people a realized that there was money to be made selling bobbleheads, and so <laughs> Not it, in Colorado. It, it, and well, so here's the thing. The brewers give out like 35,000 bobbleheads. So everyone except for like the last couple thousand people get one. But Wrigley is the first 10,000 because they want you to come in and not get beers across the street at Murphy's or, uh, or Cubby Bear or any of the Yoxies. Go ahead and name it around there. And so that's why they only give 10,000 is to try to get people in early. And so I know people that bring like, they, they buy the cheapest seats that they can. They bring like, their kids and 10 of their kids' friends and get a bunch of bobbleheads and flip them for money. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's, and, and, and a lot of times I used to hustle sometimes too. It's like, I'd have like maybe like 40 bucks in my pocket. I would see somebody like maybe wearing like an opposing team color or someone that just kind of looked at the bobblehead. You could kind of see just like the way they looked at it, that they really didn't give a shit about it. I'd be like, Hey man, I'll buy you a beer for that. I'll give you 10 bucks. Here you go. And then get those, and then I can use them in my trade pile. I was going to say, Crawley, you're still hustling. <laughs> I'm always hustling, man. Every day, every day's a every hustle. Day but uh, I'm hustling. <laughs> I'm what hot. I want to know is, uh, with the sports book, do you think uh, Boog in the you know is six inning? Well, and that brings our total score to nine runs. And if you bet the over, congratulations. Oh, you you see that already in other sports too. I mean, it is. I mean, gambling has basically taken over the entire sporting world. And uh... it's, I, I was talking about this with our good friend Johnny Onomatopoeia when I was in LA recently. And, um, it's, it, and it's, he says it's ruining, we talked about how it's, it, it's kind of ruining his, um, I don't know what, like his love of the sport of, of sports. He, he, and mostly because as sports is something you talk to your friends about a lot. And all his friends want to talk about, they don't want to talk about sports. They want to talk about gambling on sports. And it's, and it's really annoying because everybody's like, dude, see the over, like, you know, if you've got a friend that's too into it, you know, like, dude, like, I can't, I don't care about, you know, oh, like the Cubs will win. 
but the guy's mad because they, they didn't get enough runs or something, you know, and you're like, oh. yep. So, yeah, it's the same thing that happened with fantasy football. And like your buddy's like, oh, you see Aaron Rodgers kicked ass last week. And you're like, fuck you and the Packers. And he's like, no, man, I, I have him on my fantasy team. So I'm excited about it. It's like <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen or is happening. What the Ricketts, I'm sure, are into, it also gets people to watch. Being from Iowa, we can bet on anything we want, pretty much. And, you know, and I see it all the time. You know, there's a Wednesday night college football game on. Hey, I'm going to throw $10 on agents, you know, and, and watch it. It's just, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, 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 yeah. And it's annoying. It's annoying to have to, talk about it as a as a betting proposition rather than just love the game and enjoy you know like i'm not going to like bet i i'm just not the guy for betting i can't bet on the cardinals they could be playing the worst team ever you know and i couldn't bet for the cardinals to win just because i wouldn't want to see it you know, That's right. always been – people are still shocked I haven't joined a fantasy baseball league. And I'm like, well, because I'm so Cubs-centric, it skews my view on everything. Like, I don't want the Cardinals to hit home runs, even if it helps me win money. I don't want uh, – you know, I would always pick – you know, I played one year of fantasy baseball, and I'm, like, picking Kirk Newenheis because I'm watching him destroy the Cubs, and I didn't realize he sucked against everyone else in the league. That would be funny to have a uh, entire team just made up of Cubs killers. So it's like, just pick that as your as your team. The, the new market inefficiency. Um, yeah, and the and yeah, the thing about gambling too, it's like you know, I, I mean, I know that we've did we've done ads for my bookie and bet online, and it, you know, and it, you know, and I had to interview. They paid me like twenty five bucks to interview. This guy that like sets all the um, the lines and stuff. That's one of his jobs, and I don't know what they call that. The uh, odds maker, I guess. And, yeah, the odds maker. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just like the whole business seems filthy. It's like you know, it's it's going to ruin a lot of people's lives. First of all, you you got to hear insufferable things from everybody about the times they win. Of course, they never tell you about the times that they lost. Um, but it, you know, it's just like. It, I mean, if if I got to hear about the run line, if I've got to hear, you know, all that stuff all the time, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just it's it's infiltrating everything like you hear it on the score, you hear it on ESPN 1000, like most of their ads are. for that. Oh, stuff. yeah. Dominic Galoro says every other commercial is some sort of gambling site. And he also it, it, says it, it, that none of his fam- fantasy teams have Cardinals or Brewers. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess you could play it that way, but, you know, and the, the thing about the gambling is this just isn't going to end well. You're transferring money to, like, some of the worst possible people, and you're also taking advantage of, you know, really poor people, uh, ultimately, where, you know, you're going to ruin families. Like, I just think of the societal cost. Like, we're, this is new, and, like, you know, it would be that, you know, a couple places you could gamble, Atlantic City. Las Vegas. And that was it. And there was just those places you could do it and they kept it central. But now it's everywhere and it's going to be at Wrigley. And I've, I'm just disgusted by it. Like if that's when that sports book opens up, I'm going to just show up and moon it. You know what I mean? Like it's just so it, 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 I think it's like I, I don't think we've 
the long-term repercussions of what's going to happen with all this shit is it's not going to be good. I'm just, I don't care if people want to gamble and they want to get out there and do it. I mean, everybody's been doing it for years, but I agree with you in the sort of the ickiness of having it connected, literally connected to Wrigley field, you know, the, the, the national landmark, the, the, the field that we all love that we went and we watched all these things. Now it's going, there's a big section that's going to be dedicated to the most base part of the game in the field that's supposed to embody the history and love of the game instead. Well, that's just it cotton. You know, it's like they throw that building up there instead of doing it three blocks down, um, you know, at uh, Sosa for Juicin back in the late 90s. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it's annoying. Do you think uh, old, old Tom, like, was such a big Sosa fan and, that, and, and he was just so enamored with it that that's why he proposed to his wife at the bleachers that day? And then when he found out that Sosa was juicing, he had to reevaluate his entire relationship with his wife and it it cost him a lot of money just in therapy. That's what I'm thinking. Michael, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, in the end, it really now is just about egos and stubbornness. And you have two people with big egos and two people that are extremely stubborn. And this is just not going to end well. It's just one of those things that who suffers in the end? Once again, it's the fans. It doesn't affect Sammy's in Dubai living the best life he can live. And Tom Ricketts in his big mansion, you know, drinking his cognac and reading a first print book somewhere. But we're the ones that don't get to see Sammy on the field for all these great events. He didn't throw out a pitch during the World Series. All the awesome things that we can imagine Sammy doing for no good reason. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Robert Sanchez in the chat says, uh, he has zero interest in going to the sports book during a Cubs game, but is it their plan to have it going all year round every day? I think. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is the that is the plan, and and that it's actually a smart plan. The, the the sport again. I've never been bothered by the buildup. What bothers me is when you don't have money to pay players. When you told me that what you were building was going to go towards the team, that's what bothers me. So once again, they're going to pull the same Lucy with the football shtick where it's going to be, it's going to go into the payroll. And of course it's not. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been to sports books before in Vegas. I'm, I, I like playing uh, like Texas Hold'em and stuff, but at Caesars, like the sports book was kind of in there, like in the poker room. So it was kind of fun to like play cards and watch all the sports and shit like that. It doesn't bother me. And it is year round. Wrigley is only technically, you know, roughly, let's say a hundred days out of the year used. Uh, you know, to, to get to, they want to get that money that they can bring in. And Wrigleyville's always going to be a party. We talked about how the old John Barleycorn has now become a giant weed dispensary, right? You know, a block away from Wrigley. You know, it's, it's, you have people that have vices. And, uh, as far as the sports are concerned, you know, you, where, how cool would it be to kind of do March Madness down there? You have a lot of young people living in a very condensed area. Uh, it would just, there's a lot of people that would have a lot of fun with it. It would make a lot of money. And, and, and I would go for like March Madness. I love going down to Wrigley. We, we didn't get to it at the, uh, we show it was on the script, but like I, I go to the Chris Kindle Mart. 
I go to concerts, anything that's at Wrigley, I usually kind of end up going to, and I'd go to the sports book. I mean, I would, I would definitely go and check it out. I, I, I think the thing that bothers me about it is that it's, I feel like it's a corruption of the game. Like for years and years and years, they told us no gambling. Pete Rose is banned from gambling. And now it, just gambling's everywhere. And it all happened quite fast. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys think I'm being a prude, but I mean, it. I feel like it's only a matter of time before we find, uh, before there's a scandal, something gets thrown for money, and uh, the integrity of the game. It, may, it might not be baseball; it could be basketball or or some scam. It's gonna happen. Organized crime always follows this stuff, you know. And I, I'm just, and the fact, like you know, Michael, you put it good. Uh, well, uh, with the federal landmark. Thing I'm like, really? Is it really a federal landmark? You just add on to federal landmarks. Now I can go to like Mount Rushmore and like put up a sports book right next to freaking Thomas Jefferson's head. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I. You know what? They do need that, but it's a congressional sports book. So when you're in, you're you're only voting on or you're only betting on things that they're trying to pass for laws and shit. Can I bet on whether the Cubs bring Sammy Sosa back? <laughs> If you go like the sports books in England, I mean they bet on fucking everything. Yeah, I wish I wish oh, yeah. they would not build the new sports book building bullshit. I don't want to see that. We've already talked about it. There's no Starbucks, there's no Madden's Post. Uh there aren't they've got that building over there with all that bullshit that isn't there anymore. Just stick it all in there. Like Well, and that, that's kind of an open area where like people can walk and look and everything is just uh, yeah, you can t- you can drop your kids off at Gallagher Way and then walk in and do a little off track betting. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, this is going to go terribly for society. <laughs> it's it's going to get real ugly. Like I, I might have to move to I might have to become Amish or something. I don't know what I got to do. Um, we're gonna we're gonna move down to Puerto Rico and just start. We're we're gonna do a new Toros podcast. Yeah, yeah, Jose, I'm going to live with Jose Orlando. Um, but, but I am curious as to, like, I mean, do you guys think it's, you know, do you, I mean, I really do think something's going to get thrown soon, sooner and later, too. I mean, oh, college oh, basketball. I, I think it's already Guaranteed. Yeah, oh, that fucking, that, that Cubs-Packers, or Cubs-Bears-Packers game, just another fucking night. Like, that taunting call and that bullshit – that was Bears Steelers. Oh, Bears Steelers. Yeah. Okay. But you could. Do I have any knowledge that that was, you know, being thrown? No, probably wasn't. But that's the kind of shit that when you see it and you're like, everyone in the world knows it was bullshit. Why did it get called that way? Makes you wonder. And the, the NBA did have that scandal. I remember if you guys remember with Tim Donahue. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. The the yeah. He. What was he doing? He was betting on the games that he was officiating, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, a yeah. He was a, a officiator, right? He was a referee. Yeah. He was a referee. Yeah. Yep. Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah, those are the guys you got to worry about. You know all the. Because literally the officiating is where you get it because they can do a lot of shit to affect the game and everybody kind of writes it off as like, ah, they're just not that great at it or whatever. 
He spent 11 months in a, in a Pensacola, Florida prison camp. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah. You're talking uh, about I paid $1,200. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Angel Martinez exactly. and uh, CB Buckner, all those guys, you know, they have, uh, you know, they've got offshore accounts and shit. You know that they're making money. Yeah, you meant Angel Hernandez, yeah, right? Angel, yeah, who did I say? Angel Martinez. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> You're close. Sorry, um, poor, poor Angel Martinez just got yeah. pissed off. Yeah, it, well, I mean, I just – it could be an umpire. You know, like Corey said, college basketball, I, I could see that. I mean, I mean, how would you do it and how would you get paid? You'd have to get paid secretly, obviously, and, you know, like in Goodfellas, don't, you know, don't go out and buy fur coats and stuff. Right. You 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 would have Bitcoin. somebody do it for you. You mean it, somebody would place the bets, but how would you get paid? Like, let's say you know Angel Hernandez does th- throw the game on purpose, or you know. So you tell your buddy which way the game's going to go. You have him place the bet. He gets a cut. You get a cut. Yeah, but you'd have to keep that money secret. Like it would. Be, hey, your oh bank. yeah, it have to. It would have to be. It would have to be cash. Cash, yeah. Yeah, your your offshore accounts, and you know you don't go get yourself a, you know the the Maserati until you retire. And there's plenty of illegal betting that still happens too. That's that's still underground, and especially with like crypto and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's I was just going to bring that up. Like you could just like lawn. I mean, crypto seems like a big money laundry operation as it is. You know, it's you know it, it's it's kind of like a pet rock. Like I've been making the joke lately. I'm like, did people get this excited when the lira was invented or the German mark, the euro? You know what I mean? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, you know, oh, it's a dollar. Woo! You know, it's you know, it's it's just strange. It's almost like a weird religion. And it dawned on me recently that it's got to be a giant money laundering thing. And when you add into all the gambling and just when you add in that and that you would have to launder money and then now you can bet on everything everywhere pretty much i mean geez it's and and the governments they they're making money hand over fist from the taxes so they don't want to shut it down they want to keep this they want to keep the gravy train rolling so it's just like i mean i just think it's probably already happened there's probably already been cheated we just haven't found out about it and um, it's it just like, and I wonder for baseball, but how much would that piss you off as a fan if you found out that the World Series got fucked up? You know what I mean? And, or and what if it was against the Cubs? You know, Be even worse. Or Dodgers. Well, I mean, the, the Cubs are never going to get there, so <laughs> we're we're just at the beginning of our 108 year run here, Danny. Yeah, so not, not with that attitude, Michael. Um, <laughs> John Pickus wrote in the chat. WWE won't be thrown, of course. The smiley face with a wink emoji. Oh yeah. Um, I I love. I think there are there are people who do bet on the WWE. That's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you got some inside knowledge of what that script says, right. but yeah, you can you can bet, bet on all sorts of crazy stuff, and they, there are regulations to it. I mean, I wish Wrigley. See what I wish they would put in there is a couple slot machines. <laughs> And and uh, you know maybe a craps table though that I would play. Well, or make it like a video game at every seat, you know, and uh, so you can actually bet on where the ball's at under the hats. Oh yeah, the, when they move the three, where they put the ball under the hat and it goes around, everyone has to guess one, two, yeah, or three. Yeah, just yeah, you know, and 
Who's going to win the sausage race? I did a, Who's going to win the prize? I did a race? bad thing, uh, but but about ten years <laughs> oh, ago, boy, we here took we go. a uh, from uh, Arkansas up to a uh, Brewer game to see which we thought would have been uh, Roger Clemens' last game. So on the way up, we're all talking up betting on the sausage races. Who are you going to bet on? Who are you going to bet on? So uh, about the fifth inning, he goes up. And that's one of the concession workers. He said he wanted to bet on the hot dog. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he just came back and sat there. Oh, that's hilarious. That, that, is, that is super funny. I love that. Yeah. It, I, I, the other things you could bet on, I guess, is like, you know, if they're, they're going to use certain relievers. I mean, could you bet on like, the players that are going to get used in the game, and I mean, I don't, I don't know how deep it goes right now. Oh no, Danny, I'm, I'm, I'm talking the actual fun parts of baseball, uh, mound ball, right? Oh yeah, mound ball, yeah, yeah, that's good. And instead, but instead of it being like eight people, mound ball is, uh, well, I guess you would have to do, you know, just the people sitting around you, but you could, you could put together. You could be in like a bunch of different groups, but it would all be kind of computerized right at your seat. Um, Michael, explain what mound ball is for people that might not oh, know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you don't know what mound ball is, every uh, so every half inning, the guys go to the dugouts and they switch, and they toss the ball back towards the mound. If the ball actually ends up on the dirt of the mound, whoever has the cup in each half inning you put a buck in the cup everybody so if there's four people each half inning you put four dollars in the cup and you pass the cup down and it just keeps going around all the people that are in the pool and so if you're holding the cup and the ball ends up on the dirt of the mound you win the money that's in the cup and then you keep it going again you start over so but see, like I said, we've been gambling this whole time anyway. That's why I don't like it too. That's why I don't like cry about it too much, man. It's it's uh, it's we've we've been doing this for a long time. But that's that's more the fun. That's They're the making fun it more accessible. Though, right? If you're if you're gambling like you know over uh, you you know Cubs two and a half runs bullshit like that. That's like you know do they cover? Did they not cover? Like that's the kind of shit that gets thrown. Whatever, like. The whole, like, mound ball, that's just fun. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It, but, you know, imagine that you can, you know, bet on mound ball at the new sports book. I mean, Again, and, and you're talking it, big money. If you're a degenerate gambler, you find a way to gamble on anything. I mean, shit, they gamble on how long the uh, anthem goes for during the Super Bowl or what color Gatorade yeah, I mean, comes they, out of the freaking bucket. Oh, oh yeah. What, I mean, I think it was who, – who, Who's uh, John Vincent? You know, let let's bet on the John Vincent. Yeah, but we know John. We could get him to throw it first and make yeah. some money. You know what I mean? Like, John's John's looking at his watch. Free. Stops. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> he doesn't or he has to just do a free yeah exactly free, they're like free. they're like dude dude you gotta go all the eight seconds this time because he usually does like 17 to 24 um, the, the one time john vincent goes the home of the free <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> um yeah no i i 
I mean, it, to me, like the gambling thing, it's it's just that it's more accessible and it's on everybody's phone and everybody's talking about it too much and it's pissing me off. That's my only point. Right. You know what I mean? Look, when you got a shitty, yeah, when you have to see the commercials 10,000 times, you get tired of it, you know? It's just like the yeah. big pharma ones, every single ad. And then you got to see somebody like on a swing and somebody holding his wife on a beach and this drug can contain side effects. And you're like, Jesus Christ, don't fucking give a shit about your dumb yeah. medication. Well, and it's, and it, it's just a further betting is just another way to move sports further into abacus land. Sports are no longer sports. Like it's not about who's good and who's bad and doing amazing things and, and interesting batting stances and things like that. It's, it's about uh, the numbers and that's all it is. It's, it's the launch angle and it's the fucking, uh, you know, whether or not the, nobody steals anymore because it's just not high enough percentage of whatever. And all this, this shifts, all the shifts, it's all, it's all numbers and adding in, gambling this is what's driving everybody nuts is these numbers and now the gambling is just going to make it even more so like we are i mean i don't know why we don't have uh we don't wear like collared shirts with our that our favorite mathematician's name on it or something <laughs> that's hilarious there's just einstein in a cubs hat um <laughs> the you know it, and it's true it, it feels like math class and obviously that's what the odds makers are doing as they're setting stuff they're they're tr probably trying to do it as non emotionally as possible but the gamblers uh, especially when it comes to sports they do it very emotionally and uh, you know it's just like I, I don't know it's it seems like a, a Pandora's box has been opened and you're not going to be able to stuff it back in unless it's really causing societal problems and they have to figure something else out but. You know, once gambling is here and everybody's in cahoots and the politicians are getting paid and the the mobs getting paid and you know they don't really care. Uh, you know who who gets hurt as long as it's making money, right? Hey, Cotton, I am not seeing any James Fallon Allen shirts on the rancher site. What the hell's up? James Van Allen is that is that who we should be going for? Mathematician. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is he? yeah, I don't know. That's, that's going to be our new, uh, our new rant. Complicated, compli complicated t-shirts. They're going to be short sleeve button up collar shirts. And right on, like, it's going to have a pocket protector with James Van Allen. <laughs> um, oh, Pythagoras, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are we getting Galileo uh, then, or are we going the whole deal? Yeah, might as well just all the most famous mathematicians of all times. So we put them in, put them in a, a backwards C Cubs hat, and uh, and Ray uh, Allen's an Iowa guy. I, I thought my kind of might pick up on that, but he didn't. Yeah, uh, is it, it so? Is that what Van Allen Hall is? Is it James Van Allen? Yeah, yeah, same guy. Can you believe that? Okay, you said that, and it took me a minute, and then I was kind of like, oh wait, maybe it's that. The only reason I know about James. Van Allen Hall is that's where I've gone to do yoga on Sundays. Wow. <laughs> I, oh, wait a sec. I have, can, is there any video? Cause I, I would like to see 
Michael's Zen Yoga. I, I, you know, on uh, Sunday mornings during the summer, they have a little lawn in front of Van Allen Hall, and you go down there, and they do free yoga, and uh, it's 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 like me, and then college girls. <laughs> and they wish I wouldn't. Come. So, are you actually doing the downward dog, or are you just watching? <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh. I'm, there, I'm there with my GoPro on my on my. Uh, yeah, I'm dressed in my ski clothes and I got my GoPro on my helmet. I'm, I'm looking up the, the uh, something from the Guardian that the ten best mathematicians, and I and I this is how much I care about math. Um, I haven't heard of any of them. Like not a single, <laughs> not a single one. Hypatia. You're here, Hypatia. Geolabo. I, I, I think the last God, time no. I heard about Hypatia, isn't that a skin disease that they've been advertising that there's a cream for now? Yeah, if you've got bad Hypatia, um, there's Girolamo Cardano. Um, yeah, uh, George Cantor. I've heard of Michael? No, Cantor. Oh, I actually have heard of George Cantor. Well, he's he's a little bit uh, like more modern. How about Paul Erdos? That kind of does ring a bell, and I don't know why. Because nineteen thirteen to nineteen ninety six, and then you got Pythagoras, Archimedes, Muhammad Ibn Musa Al Khwarizmi. Oh my God, that's a yeah, great yeah. <laughs> that that <laughs> won't even fit on a shirt. I was I was just going to say we're going to need another pocket protector. <laughs> Exactly. He, he, I didn't think they had pocket protectors back then, because or even pockets. It was seven eighty to eight <laughs> seven eighty to eight fifty is where that guy went. Oh, you know, you know who my favorite uh, mathematician is? Uh, Cub Stradamus. <laughs> yeah, he's great at math. <laughs> so, um, John Pinkus says Laplace has to be up there. John's kind of a math guy. Um, and he, John Pinkus also d- does not want to see Cotton do yoga. Is what he said in the chat as well. <laughs> so, well, uh, we've wasted another perfectly good hour that everybody had, uh, and now it's now it's over. But um, I guess I guess uh, we should call it a, a night. I got to call my niece; it's her birthday, and it's um, also Carrie Bronner Meyer's birthday. Friend oh. friend of the show, not in here right now, but probably out doing birthday e things. Um, so anyway, happy birthday! I'm going to call my niece right now. Um, what are you guys? What are you guys doing? <laughs> Getting back to work. On yeah, the it, it looks really good. When when do you think we're gonna get opening day? Oh boy, um, you know I'm really kind of looking sometime right before opening day. Hopefully, a real opening, the baseball opening day. There's still, I have like at least like 80 pictures I have to get framed still. Uh, but it's getting there. It takes time. Uh, you got you got plenty of time. Carly, because uh, for opening day, gonna, opening day is going to be <laughs> April first, twenty twenty three. Well, you know, hopefully, like I said, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, there's definitely a lot of work that, that that you know, I I our friend Stuart McVicker. I said, man, I really have a new appreciation for your place. He's like, Carly, it took me like four years. I'm like, well, I don't have as much shit as you do, but it is going to take me some time. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it'll be an ongoing project, I'm sure, too. Well, so. Danny, we should probably uh, – are are we supposed to thank Sports Drink? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it would be nice of us to do that. <laughs> for, for, this, 
This part of the show is definitely brought to you by Sports Drink. They sponsor the Green Room section of the Sunranto show. Yeah, and Green Room is a sponsor of of uh, through Sports Drink. So, and they the Sports Drink is a I mean, that's how we've actually linked up with a couple of other uh of the podcasts like Billy DeVore from um the uh the what's it called the reds the new nasty boys podcast uh, that we have them on for some reds previews they're all part of the sports drink network and they've got dozens of podcasts of all different sports college uh, football basketball all all the major sports they've got um and they specialize in um in kind of like shows like ours which don't take themselves too seriously hate math and uh, <laughs> <laughs> always have, always will. Exactly. And just want to have a, a good time, uh, you know, watching our team to talk about them. So, you know, that that's the sports drink specialty. And, um, you know, they, they help us out a little bit here and there uh, with, with, the, with the podcasts as far as distributing it and stuff like that. So they definitely cut our costs because I don't have to pay for hosting anymore. They do. So that helped. <laughs> so anyhow. Um, I guess that's a big fat spagog to everybody. That's it. Spagog. Spagog. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.